Sheffield Live. Made in Sheffield. Made by you. Do you like Sheffield Live? Why not become a friend of Sheffield Live? Sheffield Live is a community radio station and friends of Sheffield Live are people in the community who make a regular donation to keep Sheffield Live on the air. Join the Friends of Sheffield Live by writing to friends at sheffieldlive.org or go online to sheffieldlive.org forward slash friends. Do you want to get your message heard? With low advertising rates and great sponsorship opportunities, Sheffield Live can help you reach thousands of local people. Get your campaign on Sheffield Live. To find out more about advertising on Sheffield Live, write to advertising at sheffieldlive.org or call 0114 281 4082. I have a friend to share my dream in. My name is Dr. Sivanda. Welcome to African Voices Platform. Coming to you live uh, from Shepherd Live. Uh, today I have two guests with me. We're going to be talking Somaliland. Uh, and my guests are Adam Youssef, who is the chairperson of the Somali community in Sheffield, a voluntary organization uh, in our city. I also have um, Yassif. Yassin Chess. Yassin Chess, who is uh, the leader of the Diaspora Multimedia Hub and also a member of the Somali community in Sheffield, chaired by, by Adam Yusuf. I'm sure uh, you meant Somali land community. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and I also have my colleague Chiwa Chihana uh, on the other line. Um, Chiwa, can you hear me? Good evening, everyone. Yes, Nkololeko, Dr. Savanda, I can hear you loud and clear. Good evening, Yasin and Adam. Good evening. 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 Right, uh, we're going to get straight to it here. Um, I think the most important question that people ask when you talk Somaliland is, what is Somaliland? And what's the difference between Somaliland and Somalia? Why is it not Somalia? Thank you very much, Dr. Savanda. Thank you for inviting us this evening and Chiwe. We appreciate uh, to, to be a guest tonight for Sheffield Live and the African Voices. Uh, going straight to the heart of the matter, uh, Somaliland and Somalia are two different countries. But uh, in terms of ethnicity, language, they're the same people. Uh, Somaliland was colonized by the UK, by the British, and Somalia, Mogadishu, was from the Italian, were colonized by the Italians. So Somaliland gained recognition on the 26th of June 1960 and the 1st of July 1960 uh, the other part, Somalia, gained independence from the Italian. So there were two different countries. And then after a short period Somaliland decided to form a union with Somalia. And thus hence we became one country uh, and the union was and uh, from 1960 until 80s and from 1980s civil war took place and 1991 Somaliland decided to go back to its 
uh, independence, you know, its original sovereignty, declared its sovereignty against uh, Somalia. So that's the distinction between the two entities. Right. So are, are we saying that uh, then uh, what defines is, is, is Somaliland and are Somaliland and Somalia defined by who colonized them? Yes, because that is an important historical perspective right. uh, to understand uh, why Somaliland has decided to uh, become sovereign and independent from Somalia because that union never worked because most of the resources, allocation of resources, and it was a shared equity. So there was no equity at the time and therefore Somaliland felt they wanted to go back. It's, I think the equivalence is Senegal and Gambia and, and in West Africa. So that is the perspective of which Somaliland 32 years later is totally independent from Somalia. And then we will we'll obviously go into more detail and how that defines Somaliland and why is Somaliland different. But the historical perspective, there were two countries uh, prior to 1960s. We're going to have a serious problem here today. Yeah, yeah, there uh, were, yes, they were uh. two different countries yeah. before 1960s. And then they, cho- uh, they joined together to form one country called Somalia. Mm-hmm. And then now, we're talking 21st century, 2024, they are completely two different countries. Two presidents, two parliamentaries, two like militaries, two flags, two passports. So they are completely different uh, than the other. Okay, uh, uh, Chiwa, uh, I want you to come in there. Uh, what, what what do you think yeah, about sure. that? Yeah, 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 definitely. No, uh, thanks a lot, Adam and Yasin, for that context. Um, previously, when we've had conversations with you, Adam, especially on Somaliland and the situation, uh, you've gone into a bit more depth. I think about uh, uh, the long running. Uh, fight for recognition, uh, global recognition, but also within the African Union. Um, Most strikingly, before we get to where we are going to be going today on the uh, Ethiopia-Somaliland deal, most strikingly, I think just for our audience's sake, there's a a Sheffield context as well to this uh, in the world of recognition. Could you speak to our viewers a little bit about how Sheffield was one of the first places to recognize Somaliland? Yeah, thank you, uh, Chiwe. And Somaliland was recognized by Sheffield uh, City Council 2014. Sheffield, Sheffield as a city, we lobbied our MPs, our local councillors, and there was a motion put forward on the 2nd of April 20, uh, 2014. And that motion was overwhelmingly supported by our local councillors, 84 and 1 abstention. And Sheffield City Council became the first city to recognize Somaliland internationally. And it was celebrated backed by, supported by all our MPs, uh, both uh, Paul Blomfield, Clyde Betts, Louise Haig, and uh, the area that I live in, Gillian Furnace. So they all supported overwhelmingly. And Sheffield became the first city. And obviously Sheffield, it was just a symbolic. And then followed by Bristol, Tower Hamlets, Cardiff, and Birmingham since then. And I think what these local uh, cities represent is just a symbolic to raise the awareness of who Somaliland is and the fact Somaliland is seeking international recognition, defined on its international borders. Yeah. How has that, I mean, how, um, uh, yes, it's definitely symbolic, but do you think 
it's had any bearing on where you've got to because I think increasingly we're starting to see a shift in the world uh, in the way uh, everybody's interacting. Either they are properly declaring to be against Somalilander as, um, as an independent state, but some are very partial and, and, and supportive. Do you think those kinds of symbolic gestures have any bearing on the actual politics on the ground? I think it does. And I think what we did in 2014 was just raising awareness at local level, regional level, national level, international level. And when Sheffield recognized Somaliland in 2014, Sheffield became a city on the map in the whole Somaliland diaspora, whether they're in Australia, Canada, North America, Middle East, other African countries, East Africa, Central, West Africa. Sheffield was on the map. And that gave a lot of momentum uh, to diaspora Somalilanders to raise the awareness and make sure they put the case for someone to be recognized internationally. And hence, when you look, we are approaching 2024 anniversary, it's almost 10 years. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So 10 years, there has been huge shift in terms of international recognition about Somaliland because Somaliland is the only country that is stable in the Horn of Africa, democratic, one-man-one vote, peaceful stability, uh, has its own currency, passport, has got its own port, an international airport. So Somaliland has really catched the eye of the international community. And hence, 2014, we will be talking about the MOU in a minute and what benefits it's going mm-hmm. to bring. But obviously, the, the, one, the step that we started 10 years ago, anniversary, is bearing, you know, and, and uh, has made a lot of headways. Uh, yes. and, and in another hand, mm-hmm. since 2014... Uh, when Shafiq City Council recognized Somaliland, they were the first city around the world recognized Somaliland. So it become like prominent, like well known in Africa and in, in Somaliland. And wherever the Somalilanders are, they know Sheffield. Yeah, yeah, because that's, that's yeah. yeah. But let, let's let's ask the hard questions, shall we? Why is it? A problem. Why is Somaliland finding it difficult to be recognized by uh, other countries, by the United Nations? Why is that the case? Why do you think that's the case? Just to, before I answer that question head on, yeah. Somaliland, we have to distinct Somaliland from Somalia. Somaliland, for the last 32 years, managed its own affairs, economically, politically, militarily. Whereas in Somalia, you have the whole UN, African Union, and, and Amisom, and you have a lot of international actors in Somalia. Despite billions of dollars put in, it has never stabilized. You have piracy, Al-Shabaab, and all that in Somalia. Whereas in Somaliland, we manage our own affairs, and we do not get a lot of international uh, uh, support in terms of, uh, and we have done, you know, from scratch, and managed to develop the country and put it on the map. So, now it's getting momentum. I think when we speak to our European counterparts, they are saying they will be perceived as interfering, as colonizers who left Africa in the 1960s. And it's not for them to take the first move. So whenever we speak to the politicians at the UK, at European level, what they, or even at the US level, what they said is, this is an African issue. You have to raise it within Africa. So we are, if you like, like South Sudan and Sudan. And they had, the starting point was for the South Sudan to start speaking to the Khartoum government, the Sudanese. So we've been speaking to Somalia. There's been negotiations in London, in Turkey, in Mogadishu, in Djibouti. We've had 
negotiation with Somalia, but it has never uh, accepted. They've never. They uh, basically they are happy to talk to us, but they don't want us to go our own way. But, but Mr. Chairman, you're making my point. You've had all these negotiations and still <clears throat> no agreement. Why is there no agreement? Thirty-two years on, and we're still struggling to get a Somaliland that's recognised. Um, by the, to start with, even just the African Union or uh, um, a lot of countries in Africa. Why is it difficult for Somaliland to get recognition in on the African continent? I think um, the international communities and African Union, they know about Somaliland case. So we put in every table, Somaliland that is wherever they are in the world, they lobbying for the case of Somaliland and the recognition of Somaliland. And as Adam mentioned earlier, there, there was a lot of uh, negotiations and uh, dialogues between Somalia and Somaliland. So Somalia is still claiming Somaliland as part of Somalia. That's where the problem is coming from. So all these uh, dialogues has failed no results whatsoever, but um, it will carry on. And now the African Union, Ethiopia, which is the headquarter of African unions, they try to recognize Somaliland with this MOU that we will talk about in a minute. So, yes, Somaliland will be recognized and we will never get tired to, to promote uh, the case of Somaliland. Come in, come in, Mr. Yusuf, before I ask um, uh, Chiwa to chime in. Yeah, just to reinforce the question which Dr. Sibanda asked, why is the African Union recognizing Somaliland? First of all, in 2005, there was an African Union report, a fact-finding mission by the African Union. They came with an ex-Nigerian president. Uh, they came to Somaliland and wrote a report back to the African Union. And that report clearly confirmed that Somaliland is a separate entity, separate independent sovereign country. So that report is there in the African Union. But the recommendation has not been taken forward. So the reason why it hasn't been taken forward is the African Union sees Somaliland as a Pandora box. If they recognize Somaliland next week, a lot of other entities within Africa will start seeking independence. So that is, they understand Somaliland was a different entity, but that is the challenge. If they recognize Somaliland, the question is, another African country will come and say, we also want to be recognized. But obviously, each country has its got history and defined borders, because in order to be an independent, you, you have to have a set of criteria, defined borders, managing your own affairs. We tick all those boxes. We, de- we, 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 we are in control of our borders. Uh, we are independent. We have our own currency, passport. International We have our own local election parliamentarians, which is fair. And election, you know, ob- uh, observers from the European and African Union attend those elections. Yes, yes. Um, I hear you. Uh, and, and I'm going to, uh, with Chiwa's help here, my problem, uh, and I think that's, that, that's where you've got to get into. If the African Union is scared of you uh, opening a Pandora's box... Mm. Um, is, 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 is it maybe because the African Union would like a more united Africa? Are you not? Is, 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 is Somaliland not promoting uh, a situation where 
the African continent, which some people argue should become one big state, the United States of Africa, are you not going against those hopes of the billions of Africans uh, on the continent who would like to see a more united Africa? How is this not a problem? <laughs> uh, we would like to, instead, we would, like, we would love to become 55 countries in Africa, and then we can unite Africa as a one big state. We start by dividing <laughs> it, not to unite it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I think Dr. Mhololeko lost himself because he was the first one to to, to look at um, to look at other countries like Sudan and and, and, and as well talking about independence. So I think just just to, to 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 bring that in that it has worked before. Um, so and it has uh, countries have been recognized after like Senegal and Gambia. They have been recognized, and I don't think that opened the Pandora's box. Um, Sudan itself, uh, that happened and uh, that didn't open a Pandora box. But let me just drill down into something probably that speaks more to uh, where we currently stand and the most contentious or most topical subject rather than contentious. The Horn of Africa has got the Red Sea and the Red Sea is a prize. Uh, it's, it's, it's a it's uh, it, it's a prize and a big conversation piece in international uh, international politics. So we're currently in a situation where Ethiopia and Somaliland have signed on to a deal regarding the port of, um, what's it called again? Berbera. 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 Yeah. Give us some context. We know that earlier this year in January, there was an uprising here and there saying how can Ethiopia and Somaliland come into this deal? They're causing um, causing confusion. There was some threats of war. But just clean it up for us. Give us proper context. What is happening here with Ethiopia, Somaliland, Somalia? <laughs> I think um, first of January this year, uh, Somaliland and Ethiopia have signed uh, uh, MOU, Memorandum of Understanding, uh, which gives Ethiopia an access to the sea, to the Red Sea you mentioned earlier, and all instead, uh, in another hand, in another side, gives Somaliland a recognition. So that's signed by the President of Somaliland, Musa Bihi, and uh, 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 Prime Minister of Ethiopia, Dr. Abiy Ahmed. So this agreement um, was only one month old, so that's what upsets Somalia and the president of Somalia. Um, and the Somalilanders, wherever they are, they want to know more about this agreement, and the president of Somaliland appointed like a committee about this uh, agreement, so they will... Uh, uh, come back to the president and the, and, and, the, and the government and then we will know more details about this agreement. Um, Adam, you yeah, I just want to add. Ethiopia... What do we know? Yeah, what do we know about it? So which part of the sea is, is this that we're talking about and what sort of deal are we dealing with here? The committee will identify yeah. 
and nobody there is a, a, a we have a 850 kilometers border to the red sea as a somaliland but we don't know which part the president but that was the mou but now they signing a proper agreement so that's why they appointed the committee to, uh, to uh, you know. So we will, we don't we don't know yet, but we will find out. Just next couple of weeks. Just to add what Yasin has just mentioned, Ethiopia is a landlocked country, more than 110 million landlocked. The only access to the port is Djibouti for all this for many many years. Now Somaliland will become the second corridor access to for Ethiopia goods and services to come through our port Berbera. Still, Ethiopia needs another port in Kenya called Lamu. That's why the president is now visiting, uh, talking to the Kenyan authorities and the president to access Lamu. Having 110 million landlocked country, not only two or three ports can service them. So why they are going and uh, crazy about it, it doesn't make sense because Ethiopia is a landlocked 110 and they need access to Djibouti, to Berbera, to Lamu, as many ports as they can get. And they can uh, sign with those two countries about looking at their benefits. Again, as uh, Yasin just mentioned, we have 850 kilometers. We are less than 5 million population. The population of Somalia is 4.5 mm-hmm. to 5 million. And we are sitting on Red Sea, 850 kilometers of access to sea. And naturally, Ethiopia is our neighbor. So, And the port of Berbera has been built by and uh, financed by DP World. So there is an agreement that was successfully executed many years ago. DP World manages our port. They invested, and it was a three-way agreement. DP World is UAE, DP World. Uh, They have a lot of ports in Africa as well as even in the UK. Southampton port is one of them. So there was a three-way agreement, Somaliland, Ethiopia, and UAE, DP World. So therefore, that port is now functioning. Some of the goods and services are coming through our port for Berbera. And there's also military base there. Therefore, by giving 20 kilometers to the Ethiopian uh, Navy, because Ethiopian uh, want to have a Navy uh, of their own, uh, a naval, so our president has negotiated, will give them 20 kilometers, which is yet to be defined from this 850 kilometers where they is suitable. Yes. So the I president... Have a there. Yeah. So let me just cut you there. Yes. So what you've said is it's a naval base. Yes. Is that correct? Okay. Yes. Good. Thank you. So it's a naval base. Yes, yeah, a naval base. And the president has set up and has put together a committee of 10 uh, Somalilanders to look into the MOU and come up with recommendation. So that recommendation will be put back to the uh, president and the president, once he authorized it, will be put through the parliament and Somaliland people will have to agree once that is agreed and then it will they will be implemented and they're very serious about it both Ethiopia and Somaliland are very serious and they are looking at the benefits win-win for both parties but but but, but the world is not like that Mr Chairman the world is not about just two parties it's about all the parties you know Yasin what's the relationship between um, Somalia and Ethiopia, because maybe that's where we've got real issue here. What's the relationship between Somalia, Somalia and, and Ethiopia? Is, <laughs> is not Ethiopia good. not playing the naughty boy here? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not really. I think uh, I believe, base. and, and I, I think I, play, I believe Ethiopia and Somalia have done the right thing, and that's what upsets Somalia. And Somalia uh, saying why Ethiopia can get an access to the sea. 
Yeah, Alam said uh, 140 million uh, in, in, in Ethiopian populations. So they have a right to, to access 110. So they have a right to access to the sea yes, with yes. the uh, exchange with what we needed the most, which is a recognition. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. One billion people in population is no right to interfere in the affairs of another country. Yeah, but so whether they have they have 110 million people, 210 million people, uh, does that give Ethiopia somehow the right to play umpire in the relationship between Somalia and Somaliland? But Ethiopia is not forcing Somaliland; it's agreement. So this is what we want. Heavily funding it. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. Just just if I pick on that point, uh, yeah. DP World when they were coming to Somaliland and building our port, yeah, Somalia was uh, and 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 again against. Yes. But Somaliland stuck to its decision because they are independence. Because Somalia, you have to be clear, Dr. Somalia, Somalia have no control in Somaliland for 32 years. Yes. Even the current president can never go to Somaliland. So you, you have to look at that context. So when Somaliland was signing a deal with the DP world for developing the port, mm-hmm. they were against it. Today, the port is functioning and servicing both Ethiopia, yeah. creating local jobs mm-hmm. and benefiting another African country. Next door. And, and, and Somalia now, they signed an agreement with Turkey to protect the, uh, the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. And, the, and it's wrong when Somaliland have signed an agreement with okay. another country. Right. So she, we're talking about the same sea. Yeah. Sure, let me, let me yeah. uh, uh, see if you can help me with, uh, with, with this one here. Um, the, the, the situation, and, and uh, uh, the chairman uh, has said here, Mr. Adam, that uh, uh, part of his attraction to Somaliland is the fact that Somaliland is stable and Somalia is uh, so unstable that he doesn't want to associate himself with it. Now, the, yeah. the, 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 what, what, what I'd like to establish is whether or not the situation, the stability in Somaliland is a direct mm-hmm. cause of instability in Somalia. Whether there is any relationship between those two? No. I, I, I am uh, I am not sure whether I would be the best person to respond oh, to well, that. Well, not not respond to interrogate it, maybe <laughs> <laughs> interrogate this. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, um, no. I'm struggling. I'm struggling off the cuff of my, you know, off the cuff to to suggest that it is. But I do know that internally, yeah. um, watching a Somalia without. Um, Somaliland is definitely having its own internal struggles Um, and I I think what you're trying to do is to see how you can weave back into the cessation of Somaliland and I'm not able to do that (laughs) but I can speak to a concern though um, a concern of of, of, uh, global politics and how they're playing themselves out so I I thank you so much Yasin for speaking to the uh, recent deal that um, Somalia has signed with the Turkey government on helping with defense there. Word as well, I think, is also pointing to uh, the United States of America having an advantage uh, as well in that region. I mean, that is a very strategic region. The Red Sea is a very strategic region. Uh, Also having an advantage of of having this relationship with Ethiopia that gives them access to Somaliland's waters. Do you have a comment on that? And could you give a bit more context of that relationship mm-hmm. with the United States, yourselves, and Ethiopia? Well, Ethiopia is the biggest uh, 
in the Horn of Africa is a very powerful country with 110 million. Most of the Western countries make sure Ethiopia are supported economically, politically, militarily. And therefore, a stronger Ethiopia plays an important role. But obviously, Djibouti is again a strategic country with its many, many military bases in Djibouti. Basically, all the military powers are there. Chinese, the Americans, <laughs> France, uh, French, uh, you name it. They're all there. And uh, as far as the Djibouti, they see it as a service. They've rented, you know, part of their land to this military base. Whether one agrees or disagrees is another matter. But again, Ethiopia is an important player in the Horn of Africa and and, and very powerful country. And therefore, stability within Ethiopia plays an important part to the other regions. Otherwise, if Ethiopia disintegrates, it will impact the whole of Horn of Africa because they have a huge population. Uh, again, Red Sea, Somalia, Somaliland is the only stable in the Yemen across, which is just across the road on, on, Somalia, on the Red Sea, is unstable, as we know. Uh, Djibouti, huge, so many military, international military bases there. So Somaliland is now perceived as the very safe area and in terms of and accessing Gracie. And we've not had any piracy for the last many, many years. Completely opposite. Um, Adam, as you speak to that, um, I want you to start thinking as well about what is the advantage to Somaliland? It's a very basic question, but what is the advantage to Somaliland specifically for having this naval base uh, established there uh, by Ethiopia? And also... I wondered uh, if you see a potential for actual war between Ethiopia and Somalia, not necessarily Somaliland, but um, coming up, because that's being suggested as a possible outcome of this deal. I think it's overblown out of proportion, because Somalia has a lot of internal problems. And right now, what war are you alluding to? Because Ethiopian and, and, and army are in Somalia. Huge number of Ethiopian army uh, under the African Amisom. Uh, under the Amisom or Atim, I don't know what they call Africa and Amisom. So they are huge protecting security of Somalia. So the same country who is protecting you cannot go war with you yeah. because they are already uh, Somalia is still not in control of its own, if its own and, and internal matters. They are dependent on the Africa on the Amisom soldiers. So if Ethiopia were to withdraw their own soldiers, they would leave a little vacuum for Somalia to deal with. So Somalia has got a huge internal problems before even thinking about mm. war with Ethiopia. Uh, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. So, so then Somalia is, uh, so, sorry, Somaliland is allowing the building of this military base mm. uh, in terms of this MOU. Mm. My big question is, is this going to be an Ethiopian military base or is it a Western military base disguised as Ethiopian on the African continent? Uh, it is Ethiopian military base because Ethiopia, as we said, huge country, has huge military and might within and, 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 and Africa who can manage all the affairs. But obviously there, are, there could be other actors at play. Mm-hmm. And what you have to see is everything you have to see from a, a, a scope where... Chiwe said an important point. Red Sea is an important discussion internationally. Mm-hmm. And hence why Somaliland is on the map. If there was no problem in the Houthis and the Red Sea, Somaliland issues would not be on the map. Mr. Adam, yes. could, could Somaliland have established itself because of the Red Sea? Because 
here is a group of five million clever people who think, you know what, let's disintegrate from the rest of Somalia mm -hmm. so that we can have this big slice of the cake. We are, we are, we are closest to, to this important international economic route mm -hmm. which we can use. I mean, now, and I say that because I'm trying to shift now to what I think you're going to be more comfortable about you know, talking about the good side of the story of Somalia, because there's a good side. I mean, there's this war with, 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 uh, with Somalia and this friendship with, uh, with Ethiopia that has many questions. Mm. But there's also a, a fairly good story around Somaliland, and I think we're going to shift to that a little later. But let's ask this difficult question as a last one. Could it be that Som Somaliland set itself up because it is taking advantage of its proximity to the Red Sea and it's given its international the, significance? The answer is no, because Somaliland was under British protection in 1960, 26th of June, got their independence. Somalia got 1st of July from Italian. So there were two different... Uh, no, but you can't establish an African country yeah. based on yes. based on colonial boundaries. But, no, no, but no, hold that thought. But, 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 but the African Union currently, it's all uh, the colonial borders. Yes, is, that's, is that's what, what it is. It is. It doesn't mean where we can avoid them. We'd already rubbed, we'd already rubbed off this, these boundaries. We rubbed them off in the 1960s and you bring them back in the 1980s. How does that make you good? How does that allow you to build... I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you an example. And, and before you answer that, I was going to come to you, actually, yeah, okay, Yasser. Okay, uh, what, what Chairman Adams said when we started mm -hmm. was that the, in terms of the cultural ties mm -hmm. and the cultural identities, mm -hmm. the identity of a Somalilander mm -hmm. and a Somalian mm -hmm. uh, culturally is pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. Now, justify to me mm -hmm. and to the listeners why it was necessary to divide this this culturally unified population into two countries. Okay, I'll answer your question. In 1991, there was a referendum for Somalilanders, a referendum, yeah. that the people were asked, do you want to stay with Somalia or you want to go back to uh, uh, Original Somalia? Country, yeah. uh, and overwhelmingly supported the referendum uh, that they want to be a total country. Uh, I, I hear, I hear you. But yeah. Answer so, my question: so, Why divide this culturally unified population into two countries? Because Somalia is in chaos, whether you like it or not. For the last thirty years, okay, I hear all you. the billions of dollars that were given to Somalia were siphoned. Go to Nairobi, go to Turkey, go to Dubai. The political elite are corrupt, mm -hmm. and there is a lot of an Al Shabaab. It's not stable. And there is a lot of interference from other actors. You've got Ugandan soldiers, you've got Nigerian soldiers there, you've got other Amisom who will not live for long time. They're there for the long haul. And therefore, Somaliland, when the population was asked through the referendum, do you want to be part of that Somalia, that project? That bigger project, and they, of course, they will say no. That's, okay, that's, 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 that's no. Yeah. <laughs> why? Why divide this culturally unified population on the basis of boundaries that were built by the colonizers? Somali, as Adam said earlier, the Somaliland recognized before Somalia back in 1960s, and now, when the central government collapsed in 1990. Yeah, Somalia, Somaliland gained their independence back. So they form a country called Somaliland, yeah, and absolutely 
there is nothing, no relationship whatsoever between yes. Somalia and, and, and Somalia. Culturally different. Uh, yes, we speak same la uh, same language. Yes, that's why I know what you mean. But um, same religion. We are all Somalis, but we united and we separated now. And it's two different countries completely. And the child that was born. And it's 32 years. Yes. I was just going to say, Adam and Yasin, if I were in your shoes, I'd be looking back at Dr. Nkuleko and asking, would you have preferred that Zambia, Malawi, and Zimbabwe <laughs> remain one country? But <laughs> no, no, why would you ask that? <laughs> <laughs> That's a question to you. No, no, but it's different. It's different because. Uh, although there are, there, are, there, are, there are similarities, there are cultural differences between people in Malawi, Zimbabwe, and, and Zambia. Yes. Um, not, not when you get close to the borders, which is what you were basing your assumptions on. As no, well, no, 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 no. What the chairperson, what chairperson Adam said is that, <laughs> is that by and large, there are more similarities culturally, uh, 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 almost overwhelmingly, even in terms of religion, between the people of Somalia, between a, an ordinary Somalian and an ordinary Somalilander. And, and if they're not different, I'm wondering why we need to divide them. But anyway, I think that we're where we are now. <laughs> yeah, we were thinking in that way back in 1960s. That's why we're uniform Somalia in one country, but not now. Dr. Sibanda, I can see your Pan-Africanism coming across. We wish Africa could unite under the, the, the ideology of uh, Kwame Gurume. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. wish that could have happened, but we live in a different, different era. We live in a, yeah. yeah but, what I wonder, yeah. though, before we completely leave this part of the conversation, is whether uh, I, I don't know whether I've missed it. The question that I asked also ended with: To what advantage is Ethiopia's establishment of a naval base in Somaliland soil? Uh, to you, to Somaliland, like what, what? What do you see? As, what do you see as the benefits apart from the monetary? Is there anything beyond the monetary transaction? Yes. Uh, monetary. The, in the MOU, there is a military agreement. There is economic, security, cooperation, and development. Mm -hmm. And it uh, and and also, for example, Ethiopia has got huge hydroelectricity. Electricity is very expensive for us in Somaliland. We will be able to access electricity from the hydro. We will have access to that huge population through goods and services and economic benefits. Security cooperation, training, making sure that they share um, and military intelligence information. Train our and, and police, our civil servants, <laughs> and make sure that uh, universities, most of the Somalilanders go to universities in Ethiopia. It's, it's only and our border from Somalia, our capital city, to the border is literally less than two hours drive on a motorway. So we're literally okay. very close, very very close in terms of <laughs> and, and proximity, and therefore. So can it be assumed, um, Adam, because of all those, you know, the things when you when you start talking security exchange with a yes. country, mm. can it be assumed then? And and apologies for my lack of research on this. Mm. Can it be assumed that? Ethiopia constitutionally recognizes Somaliland as an independent state. Yes, I think in return, and first of all, the aspiration of Ethiopia always for many, many years was to have access to the sea. And once we meet their aspiration in a defined an, an agreement, 
in return, they are going to be the first African countries to recognize Somaliland. And, and being in the, you know, the headquarters of the African Union, they have also uh -huh. spoken to a number of African other countries. And we are hoping Ethiopia, once they recognize Somaliland, and it will open up and, you know, and, and other countries to follow suit. Including the you United, so including much. the United yeah. Kingdom and the United Arab Emirates. And so a number this morning, um, you gave me a bit more context, which I could not verify. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to throw this one back to you because I could not speak to it uh, yes. with verification. Mm -hmm. uh, but you sent me content that suggested that there have been some African Union countries on the back of this deal. Mm -hmm. That there are some African Union countries that are speaking to. Um, to the recognition of Somaliland as a, as a state. And, and I think you gave me some numbers, but can you clarify what that was? That because number, I could not yeah, those countries are not confirmed, speculation. But having said that, recently we had delegations from South Africa, from the ANC, uh, come to Hargeisa capital on fact-finding mission. We have a number of other African countries, including the ex-Nigerian president, who is currently the head of the African Union Commission. So there is behind the scene that if Ethiopia recognizes Somaliland, there are a number of Africans, including South Sudan, South Africa, a number of other African countries will uh, uh, support the, this motion. And it will just have a, a ripple effect, which means if Ethiopia uh, recognizes Somaliland, it will open up other Africans to recognize Somaliland. And, yes, and, and how, I think, how realistic is that thought? And I think um, to be uh, optimistical about this uh, uh, memorandum of understanding between Somalia, Somaliland and Ethiopia. Now, the former Foreign Affairs Minister of Somalia and the Deputy of Prime Minister now running to become a head of uh, uh, African Union to uh, stop this deal against who is the, uh, the Kenyan Who's, who's running the Kenyan presidency? Uh, Odinga. Odinga. So they both running. So that's that's another threat about this uh, to, towards this uh, agreement. So uh, yes, the Somalilanders, they all around the world, especially back home, they are absolutely happy about this deal, but they need to know more about it. Like I said, so I will find out. Very soon, inshallah. And there's a working, there's a working committee yes. that has been put in place so to look into this. As far now we know only 20 kilometers, and then recognition. That's the exchange. But more details. Will come and naval soon. base. Well, that's the most important piece is that it's for a naval base. Yeah. Naval base, 20 <laughs> kilometers. Somaliland will get uh, recognition first because you cannot sign a country uh -huh. without recognition. So Ethiopia will sign first, and then the agreement will be signed. But basically, basically, what we have here is a declaration of, or a declaration of the intent to go to war with Somalia should uh, Somalia okay. become upset with uh, Somaliland and decide that, you know, Somaliland are still a part of us. And I don't think that's necessarily uh, something that we want, but this is what a military base simply means. It means... Yeah. Somaliland will now be protected uh, by the Ethiopian military. 
But be that as it may, we've got about 20 minutes to just, go here. I wanted to shift to something else. Just on that, on Dr. Yeah. Sabinda, you say you're more focused on Somalia and Ethiopian uh, military base. Why not also look at the Somalia and Turkey? Somalia has just gone out of anger or frustration to Turkey and signed a military defense pact. Yeah. And immediately the Turkish are dispatching their vessels and said, protect our fishery, train our military in the Navy. And they have not even consulted with Somaliland. So you can't have it both ways. And, 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 no, no, no. And, no, and no, the no. airport, mm-hmm. uh, Mogadishu airport, is the capital of Somalia, managed by uh, Turkish. Turkish. And the port of... Uh, Bids are managed. Uh, yeah, the port of uh, Mogadishu, managed uh, by Turkey. Turkey. No, but so, this is, this Somaliland... Can I perhaps, uh, Dr. Suwanda? Yes. Can I perhaps just ask one question? Because uh, I'm, I'm grateful that Yasin has asked this because I was going to drop the question. Okay. But because Yasin has spoken about airports. So one of the things that we saw happen in January... Uh, when the intention for this MOU was 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 announced, actually, when the MOU was signed. I think it was the 1st of January, quite yeah. notably. Yes. Um, Somalia, uh, uh, what's that What's that called when you, when you, when you banish planes from... Airspace. Airspace. Airspace, yeah. Close the airspace, yeah. yeah. Is that, that's what it is, yeah. So is the, has that been lifted or do you, how, how are people getting into Somalia like now by air? It's still still the same. The not, not um I think Somaliland airspace is still it remains the same and safe. You can go from now anywhere. Uh, but there was a tension for, between Somalia and Somaliland. So the Somalia airspace is tough. They uh, contacted some airplanes and you know they give them wrong information to tell them to go back. They don't have a permission. You know things like that. So they mess up. But now it's clear Somalia controls their own space, uh, airspace, and Somalia controls, and yeah. which is defined. Uh, 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 when was that meeting uh, in in Turkey? So Somalia and Somaliland they joined to manage the airspace. But now, uh, just, now, just to give you a context on that, it's a very important context. When the Somaliland yeah. collapsed as a state, the airspace Somalia, of, yeah, Somalia, Somalia as yeah. a whole and. and the air the airspace of Somalia and Somalia were all controlled in Kenya. It was taken to Kenya in Nairobi. So the ECAWA, which is the International Civil Aviation Authority based in Canada headquarters internationally, took that oh, decision yeah. and they were managing it in Kenya for many, many years. And when Somalia started stabilizing, they transferred to Mogadishu with the blessing of Somaliland before this MOU. Because before this MOU our relationship with our Somalia brothers was yeah. very good. In terms of uh, and airspace. And this MOU yeah. just kicked the fuss. <laughs> and our relationship of coexistence, supporting each other economically, uh, was very was very good. But when the MOU was signed, that really upset Somalia, to be frank. But what Somaliland are saying is, well, we've been managing our affairs for the last 32 years, and therefore uh, we have every right to make our own decisions. Right. I, I was, I'm going to shift in the last 10 minutes that we have here to talk about the things that I think you'd be more interested in because I think that there are there are certainly good reasons why Somaliland should be uh, allowed to build itself along the coast of the Red Sea. I mean, you've already given uh, quite good examples of how 
Somalia, Somaliland is a fairly stable uh, country with the central, with the government, central government, uh, and with all its different arms of government that are functional. You know, it's your, the judiciary, uh, the parliament, and the executive seem to be functioning in a fairly reasonable manner and, and comparatively a better democracy than most of the other countries on the Horn of Africa. Now, uh, and, and I, I'm wondering why the Somalians, in your view, don't see the benefit of uh, uh, Somaliland, uh, you know, managing itself as it is and bringing about a potential for economic development on the Horn of Africa. That would certainly, in my view, then, wouldn't that be seen as something that would spread over and help stabilize Somalia itself? I mean, you'd think that with more resources on the continent... Uh, as a result of better uh, government and better management, uh, Somalia would uh, would eventually benefit from that. What, what's your thought on that? I think there's huge benefit to learn from a country that is stable, as you mentioned, peaceful, built institutions, and has a lot to and uh, um, look for. And therefore, people are divided. But certain times when you are in a decision making, you can't please every camp. You have to make what's best for your community. So in terms of Somaliland, they have taken the decision. They have been stable for the last 32 years. They want to move on and start developing and, and having a good relationship with its neighbors. And regarding Somaliland, I think it will. they will have to accept the reality on the ground because having a euphoria and the realities are two different things. You can disagree or agree on an issue. But whether they agree or disagree with Somaliland having this MOU, they have no control over this this commitment and therefore the Ethiopians are very very committed to move forward and Somaliland are very committed so in the next after Ramadan because Ramadan is approaching in a one week time the Somaliland I think are going to the next phase of the MOU to implement those commitments that they have agreed with the Ethiopians and the Somaliland um, it's worth to mention uh, in London there will be a big demonstration next week right uh, about Somaliland, they supporting Somaliland MOU, uh, the MOU between Somaliland and Somalia and and, uh, and Ethiopia. So, so, so there's a demonstration in the United Kingdom around this. Yeah, to support the but, MOU. But, yeah, but how has Somaliland, as compared to Somalia, managed to create a fairly democratic and functional governance system? What 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 what's happened? What's what's the, why is it different? Why is Somaliland? much more stable. I mean, arguably, it is more stable than Ethiopia itself. Yes. How, how have you managed this? I think, I think we were able to do it organically. And I think she was asking the last And then without, uh, a lot, without money from yeah. anybody. Yeah. And, 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 and it's a homegrown, genuinely accepting the reality on the ground. And people were genuinely and did what reconciliation, like South Africa did, reconciliation, coming together and agreeing with different you know tribes and clans and then form that democratic equity where every person th- thinks they are pre- you know represented and therefore somaliland model is really has inspired many other african countries and uh, lessons learned how they were able to come together and form a, a very peaceful reconciliation it took us many many years to reach where we are and I think it's being recognized internationally. Anybody who goes to Somaliland will be surprised how peaceful it is. You can walk in the middle of night, whether you're a man or female or a foreigner, you will have no problem. In Nairobi, there are certain areas you can't even walk in Nairobi. I think it's the people who want this. 
take this route. The people of Somaliland, they, if you go to Hargeisa or Bora, all these cities in Somaliland, you will see the money exchange outside. Yeah. People are exchanging money outside with no security, no guns, 100% peace. Uh, Chiwa, what, what do you think about the, the democracy? I mean, what, any, anything you'd like to interrogate around the, the successful democratic uh, institutional construction that's taking place in Somalia, in Somaliland, sorry. In Somaliland, yeah. I, I mean, it always intrigues me. Uh, so I was, um, I think we've had the privilege of hosting um, Adam and some other people from the, uh, what, what, what's it called again? Uh, the, 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 you know, the, the coalition where you had friends of Somaliland, etc., etc., and yourselves. There's, a, there's, a, there's an organization that you used to chair before, Adam, yeah. um, with friends of Somaliland. And the people who have been to Somaliland have also somehow also visited Somalia. Um, the way it's spoken of, uh, it sounds like something has worked. Maybe it's from years of trauma or fighting for, for something, and so that brings people together a lot closer, and so you start to have a certain north, north star that says we're all working towards this. Uh, and somehow something has worked. What I always get bothered by is people say, uh, comparatively, people will speak about places like Rwanda, which um, sadly, obviously got to where it is following a genocide. So that trauma of that life, uh, of that existence, and coming to this place now where people look at Rwanda and say some of the successes are this, which kind of uh, mirror the, the language you've just used in Kululeko about how do you allude to these uh, to these to these successes? Of course, where 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 when I say that, I do not say that to say. Um, long-term leadership is the solution. But there's something about going through a certain phase that kind of transforms a population into wanting better for themselves, I suspect. Yes. Maybe it's that. Absolutely. You hit on the head, Dr. Semenda, just to and I conclude on that. It's the people, as Yasin said, who came together genuinely and thinking they can solve their own problem. If you... And, and, and think someone else is coming to solve your problem. The biggest mistake our Somali brothers are, uh, 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 are currently is lessons they have to learn from Somaliland. You, there's a lot of other elements or actors or foreign actors that will come there under the pretext of UN, AMISOM, uh, and civil society from Europe. That will never and, and create the atmosphere. It is the homegrown people who have to come together identify what the problem is and seek solution to their problems and be honest about it rather than yeah. expect you know and, and, and yeah. you know other outsiders to come and solve your problem and it's like it's like your household if you have a problem in your own household you don't expect somebody else to come and solve your problem you have to be honest about it identify a problem and solve it and that's what Somaliland did Fantastic. Um, I'm going Adam to, and Yasin, yeah. before you, 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 you chase us off the shore, <laughs> I just wondered, there's something else that I've remembered, um, and, and maybe it needs a bit more context. Tell me again, Adam and Yasin, about the structure of the uh, political governance. I do think 
Somaliland has retained those elements of, you know, Kuleleko, uh, where we have in most African societies, we have a leadership of the elders. There's, they've got something like that that's still existing. Am I right? Yes. Uh, in your yeah. leadership? No. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The House of Elderly, we got it. And uh, House of uh, Representatives, like uh, uh, the Parliament. Yes, we have got these uh, uh, committees, yes. And, and I think the traditional committees yeah. with democratic... Yeah. Uh, we picked what is good about democracy with yeah. our traditions and married the two and make sure it works for the community. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you... Around the country. It's <laughs> not one system, yeah, yes. I think. Anyway, I'm going to stop in Kululeko. No, no, Chiwa, that, 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 that part there that you raised, very important, because when you closely look at the uh, constitution of the Somali lenders um, and its governance structure... Absolutely amazing. One of the best in, on the African continent and, and arguably in the world um, in how the, the, the government itself seems to be built with an understanding of the people it is built for, but also with an understanding that you build a government that can function in a modern society, in a modern world. The, 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 even, even if you look at the smallest detail of how a, a chief justice is appointed, a fantastic combination of making sure that the president has a, the people have a say through the executive, but also that uh, your parliament uh, 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 takes part, and that is very rare on the African continent. You have all and be, these people fought for that as well back in nineteen uh, in ninety nine when yeah. they, they made the constitution. Yeah, ninety seven percent of Somalilanders voted for the constitution. It was well worth the yes. fight. I'm telling you, mm -hmm. what you mm -hmm. produced, what was produced there, it's better than most constitutions. It, 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 it's really systems. What we, the last show I had, yeah. we were talking about uh, the, 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 you know, the military takeovers on, mm. on, on, in Western uh, Africa. And I argued that, you know, you know what, mm. uh, I would prefer systems rather than trusting individuals. And what you have in Somaliland are purely systems. It doesn't matter who the president is. Absolutely. I'm sure I'm going to get a fair trial when I go to court. And I think that's fantastic. Absolutely. <clears throat> Just to conclude on that, yeah. since 1991, 32 years later, yeah. We've had six presidents change hands in no war. In, 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 no war, absolutely. And one, uh, our president, Silanio, lost with 80 votes. 80 votes, that's and, 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 and he was asked, Are you going to, and, and, and do you want to challenge it? He said, No. I lost. I lost for 80 votes. <laughs> I'll, have my, I'll have my day in and, and another round. Another and then when the next round came, <laughs> he won peacefully. And he stayed for almost, I think, two terms. And after, he left peacefully. After nine years, uh -huh. he came back and then he won. And he lost with 80 votes. And there was no bloodshed. No bloodshed, yes. You see, Chiu, this is, what, this is the sort of thing that I think that when you look at the argument, and, and if you'd say to me yeah. that the, 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 the African continent, some of these dictators are afraid of the example mm. that Somalilanders are making on the African continent. And Chiu, let's not forget that. The Somalilanders have done this. Without the support of the Americans, yeah. the British, yeah. the French, yeah. the Italians, mm -hmm. the Russians, the Germans, uh, the Germans <laughs> nobody. They've done this by themselves. It's a great example that we should be looking at. But sure, let me give you um, a, a, a one minute of silence while I ask these guys to conclude their remarks and then you can come after them uh, immediately. Uh, anything, uh, we, we're just running out of time, uh, Mr. I, Adam, anything you want to leave? Dr. Sibanda, I just want to pick the last word you said. Yeah. Somaliland has been recognized internationally of its 
and, and, and democracy. And therefore, if Ethiopia recognizes Somaliland, most of the international communities who have visited Somaliland, they're amazed. Even the Europeans who have been going to Africa have never seen the level of democracy. That, uh, so they're all on their, on their uh, and, and, and just waiting, saying if Ethiopia recognizes, I'm not surprised most of the other countries democratically will support Somaliland. Thank and you. the diaspora, they go back to the country now. If you go everywhere, you will see somebody from uh, America, Canada, UK, yep. all over the world. Okay. Chiu, uh, coming through, I've got a second for you there. Yeah, just many thanks again for sharing with us, uh, sending a lot of love to to the Horn of Africa. We want peace. Uh, whatever happens, transpires. Let's all win. 